They have no idea. They have no hope. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing to know for sure that when you die, there's a home waiting for you. In fact, listen to me, there's a mansion waiting for you in heaven. Today we're talking about a wonderful thing called hope. And in Hebrews chapter 6, we read about it here in verse um, 17, God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability, that means it doesn't change, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. And let's never forget that. God does not lie we might have a strong consolation. Underline those two words. Strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge. That means we've fled to Him. To lay hold upon the hope set before us. And there's the word hope. Now verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast. Boy, praise the Lord. Today when we talk about hope, we use the word hope. What do we mean by that? Most modern dictionaries seem to give a, a similar definition of hope as something desirable, but you don't know whether it's going to happen or not. That's why people say, well, I, I hope, I hope I pass the exam. And that's how we tend to use the word hope today. Wikipedia says, hope is an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes. That one's not too bad. Merriam-Webster, hope is to want something to happen, to be true, and to think it could happen or be true. It implies little certainty. You see, there it is right there. There's no certainty with hope. Collins Dictionary says, hope is a feeling of desire and expectation that things will go well in the future. They all give a definition, but none of them give a Bible definition. In the Bible, when God uses the word hope, there's no uncertainty about it. When God uses the word hope, it's a sure thing. That's why here in verse number 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast. This chapter 6 is talking about salvation, being saved from sin and saved for heaven. And when we come to God through Jesus Christ and we're saved, we can know for sure, for sure, for sure, we never have to doubt. There's no uncertainty about it. The word hope, the essence of the word hope means something absolutely sure, like rock solid sure. And so hope is a sure thing. I have a definition. Hope is our confidence in God's guarantee that our sins are forgiven and we'll get to heaven. But Christian hope 
is not only about salvation. There are other things that we have hope for as well in this life. And we're going to learn about this today as we look at a wonderful thing called hope. And now if you'd close your eyes, we'll have a word of prayer and ask God to lead us along. Our Heavenly Father, this is a word that is confusing to many of us today because we've been told one thing and we've used the word in ways other than how the Bible uses it. So help us, Father, to understand that hope is actually a sure thing because it's based upon your promises and you cannot lie. So Father, lead us along. I pray that if there be anyone here today who has not yet had a born-again experience, who's not yet come to Jesus and been saved, either here in the auditorium or watching online, that you would show them their need and may today be the day they come to Jesus as, as, as a sinner in need of salvation. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. All right, folks, hope is a beautiful thing in the Bible. The word hope is a beautiful thing, especially for the believer, the believer in God. Hope and faith go together. They're like cousins, if you will. They're part of the same family. They go together. And that's important that we keep that in mind. Now, Abraham was a believer in God, and he was a great man of faith. And God once made a promise to Abraham that he would become the father of many nations. Now, you have to understand, Abraham was an old man, and it was kind of past the time when he and his wife Sarah were able to have children. And so this promise was against all human odds. But Abraham was a man of faith, and he believed what God said. That's what faith is, when we believe what God says. And this promise that God made to Abraham became Abraham's confident hope of a sure thing. In the book of Romans, chapter 4, it talks about Abraham and this very same thing. It says, who against hope, meaning Abraham, against hope, that's the kind of, uh, it means it doesn't make any sense. It's against all human odds. It's an impossible thing. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. It may be impossible, but when God says it will happen, you can count on it will happen. Hope means we can stand upon what God says. We can be sure that what God says will happen. This is what hope means in the Bible. And so, today we're going to find that God gives us at least three areas there are at least three areas given to the born-again Christian where we can have hope. And the first area, we have wonderful hope for good things in this present life. This life that you and I are living, we have a confident hope for good things for our lives. Now, I want you to take your Bible and turn to the left, back to the book of Romans, chapter number 8. We're going to be looking at three or four verses of the Scriptures today. And I want you to see these. Romans chapter 8, 
Folks at home, I hope you got your Bible in front of you. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 20. Now this is important that we understand this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 20. Read this out loud with me, please, folks. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Now this verse here says that God has purposely created weakness into human life. Have you discovered that yet? Yeah. We're not as strong as we'd like to be. We're not as wise and wonderful as we wish we were. Our lives are full of weakness. It feels like at times that there's parts missing or the parts we have aren't strong enough. Our minds are sometimes not strong enough to comprehend things. We have weakness. We have no guarantees whatsoever on today or tomorrow. Will we live? Will we die? Will we win? Will we lose? Every day, millions and millions of people around the world face life with no assurance of good things in this present life for them. They have no real hope, do they? But this is not the case for God's children. God has created weakness in human life. This is true. But God has also created sure things for His children. And this is what hope is. Just as God made promises to Abraham, so also God makes certain promises for all His children. And if you're one of God's children... You have hope in this present life. Now, I'd like you to turn, please, to Romans chapter 15. Just a couple pages to the right. Chapter 15 and verse number 13. Romans 15, 13. Please read this out loud with me together, folks. All together, please. Now, the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. This verse, Romans 15, 13, assures us that God's children can live confidently in God's guarantee of a positive outcome for our lives. Now, someone might be wondering, well, what sort of positive outcomes are we talking about? What sort of assurances has God made for our lives? And I'd like to give you four or five of them. Number one, we have God's presence through life. He's promised us His presence with us through life. Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. We have God's promised presence. You can count on it. Number two, we have God's never-ending love. The devil might tell you God doesn't love you anymore. That's a lie. Always consider the source. When it comes from the devil, don't believe it. 
we have the promise of God's never-ending love. In Romans chapter 8, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Boy, that's good. Good ground on which to stand. He's never going to stop loving us. He's never going to leave us. Number three, we have His promise of renewed strength. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. We need to wait upon the Lord though. And He will renew our strength. Number four. We have immortality until God calls us home. That means nothing can kill us. Nothing can kill us until God says, my child, come home. We have His promise in Lamentations chapter 3. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. No one can kill us until God says, time to come home, my child. Number five, we have the promise of all our needs being supplied. Food, clothing, whatever your needs are, God has promised. Now, not to everyone, but He's promised to His children, the ones who are born again. He's promised to meet our needs. Psalm 37 says, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We have it, folks. We have hope in this life of good things. You need never wonder, worry, or doubt. God has made us promise. It's no wonder the child of God can get up every morning knowing that life is worth the living. Because Almighty God has promised us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's the promise of God. Old Testament and New Testament. God gives His children life and health and jobs, and families, and homes, and food, and clothing, and cars, and everything else they might need. People who are not part of God's family have no assurance, no hope. But we who are saved have this wonderful thing called hope. And it really comforts the heart. I don't have to be afraid of tomorrow. My heavenly Father is going to look after it. The essence of this wonderful hope was put to music one day back in 1873. The founder of the Metropolitan Life Insurance Company was a Christian man named Joseph Knapp, K-N-A-P-P. His wife was a Christian lady named Phoebe, Phoebe Knapp, 
Phoebe was good friends with a famous Christian hymn writer named Fanny Crosby. And one day, Phoebe, she composed a lot of music. Something like 500 pieces of music she composed. She, she, she didn't put words to them, but she composed music. One day in 1873, she went to visit Fanny Crosby and said, Fanny, I want to play for you a new composition. Listen to this. And she sat at the piano and she played this. And she turned to Fanny and said, Fanny, what is that music saying? And Fanny said, I think it's saying, Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. And so Fanny wrote that hymn, the words to that hymn. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of blood, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Boy, that's hope. That's what real hope is. And you and I who are born again, part of God's family, we have hope in this present life. No matter what happens around the world. COVID or no COVID. Economy or no economy. We have a heavenly Father who's promised to look after us. Boy, that's good hope. Only the born again believer has that. But folks, everything we can have in this life pales in comparison with what's waiting for us in heaven. And so that brings us to the second hope we have. We have a wonderful hope for better things in the next life. We do. Now you're in Romans. Turn a few pages to the right to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And I'd like to get your help reading one verse, verse number 19. Folks at home, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. Read it out loud together with us, please. Let's begin. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Well, that sounds like a depressing kind of verse, doesn't it? It only sounds that way. The truth is, our hope is not just in this life, it's out of this world, folks. If all we had were hope in this life, no hope in the next life, we would be miserable. But we have hope. We have hope in the next life. We spoke of that in Hebrews chapter 6. Salvation is a rock-solid foundation upon the promises of God. Boy, that's good news. In the next book over, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul wrote, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, that's the body, were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So many people these days don't know what's going to happen to them after they die. They don't know if there's a heaven. They don't know if there's a hell. They don't know if they're going to somehow come back reincarnated as a toad or a, a dog, or something. They have no idea. They have no hope. 
I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing to know for sure that when you die, there's a home waiting for you. In fact, listen to me, there's a mansion waiting for you in heaven. That's absolutely biblical truth. Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's good. Psalm 116, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. When anyone of God's children passes away, God is right there for every nanosecond. It's a very precious, very important transition from earth to heaven. And God personally has a hand in it. Jesus Himself told us in John chapter 14, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. But listen to me, folks. More than just a mansion, more than just a beautiful home in heaven, God has prepared for us endless joys and delights. Psalm 16 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And these are things we will share in when we get to heaven. Imagine, no more sickness. How many have come through some sickness in the last month or two months or a year? (laughs) Pretty hard to escape it, isn't it? No more sickness. No more need of medication or drugs. No more time off. No more pains whatsoever they be. No more arthritis. No more bad backs. No more headaches. No more tears. No more broken hearts. Ever. Ephesians chapter 1 says that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And here in this verse, hope is connected with riches and glory. Everything in this life pales in comparison to what's waiting for us, what God is preparing for us in heaven. I guarantee you this, God lives a very rich lifestyle. There is nothing that He wants that He doesn't have. We can't say that down here. But wait! There's more! (laughs) Isn't that what the commercials used to... (laughs) Wait! (laughs) There's more! And there is. There's something even more for the believer of God. Jesus is coming back. This is the third area that we have hope. We have this wonderful hope for something called the rapture. R-A-P-T-U-R-E. The rapture. It means a catching away. And that's what the Bible says Jesus will do one day soon. Take your Bible and turn to the right to the book of Titus. <coughs> so after Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus. Chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. 
and verse number 13. I'm going to get you to read this with me. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. Folks at home, read with us. Here we go all together. Let's read. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We often call this the Christian hope. It's a sure thing. Jesus is coming. And we're to be looking for it. That means here on earth. We're to be looking for it. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, Hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the Bible, God guarantees us that Jesus is coming back again in the clouds to take all God's children home to heaven with Him. This is known as the rapture or the catching away. Folks, this means we will bypass death. For most people, there's a grave waiting for them. Or maybe a little pot where their ashes will be put. Or used to transport to the ocean or whatever. But, at some point, we don't know when, Jesus is going to come. He'll come at the right time. A trumpet will sound. He'll catch us together to be with Him. We will not die Our bodies will change like unto His glorious body. We will not see death. This is a glorious hope. And God makes sure that we know it. If you turn back a few pages to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Follow with me as I read verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, that means those who have died before us, gone home to heaven, will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, that means to go before, them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That is amazing hope that only the child of God has. That his or her Savior is coming back one day and is going to call us to himself. That day could be today. We don't know. It could be tomorrow. It wasn't last year. We're still here. It could be this year. You know something? True hope, true Bible hope, gives us peace and joy and love. And all this 
can be seen by unsaved people all around us. People at work or school or in the neighborhood are able to see the peace, joy, and love. They're able to see the presence of Jesus in us. That's pretty exciting. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it tells us to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. My brother, my sister, listen carefully. Hope is given to us through faith. It's connected with faith. Faith in God's promises. And my question is, are you standing on the promises today? Are you standing up for Jesus? Can your unsaved friends see the peace, the love, the joy in you? Can your unsaved friends and family see a difference in you? Can they see Jesus in you? Because I think they ought to. These days when other people are panicking with COVID and panicking over our rights being taken from us. Can other people see the peace in your life? The love and the joy? I do believe that the darker, the blacker the night, the brighter the candle shines. You don't see the candle as much in the day. You do see it. But it's at nighttime. That's when you see the candle shining. We live in a topsy-turvy world now. Everyone's screaming, foul. Our rights are being trampled on. They're doing protest after protest around the world. And then they look at us. Born-again Christians. They need to see the peace of God in our lives and the love and the joy because that's what's going to attract them to Jesus. We're not going to attract people to Jesus through protests. We're going to attract them through Christ being seen in us. Well, perhaps you're here today you're listening to this sermon and you don't seem to have this wonderful hope we've been talking about. You don't seem to have it. Well, the answer is God gives it to His children. That means you need to know how to become one of God's children. How do I become one of God's children? I thought all humans were God's children. No, all humans are God's creation but they're not all of his family. There's a few things you need to know. Number one, a thing called sin. S-I-N. That's bad things. When we do bad things and say bad things and think bad things, when we go to bad places, when we entertain bad things, this is called sin. And sin is against God. It offends Almighty God. By the way, I read something just the other day, and I thought this was well put. Some, someone wrote that today, these days, 
We're talking about what offends people. We're all concerned with what offends each other. We ought to be concerned with what offends God. That's where the concern ought to be. Sin offends God. Because of sin, He's drawn a line. We cannot get to heaven. We cannot go to heaven when we die. That means we can only go to hell. That's where sinners go. Right? You commit a murder, you're a murderer. Right? You steal something, you're now a thief. You commit sin, you're now a sinner. And sinners cannot go to heaven. They can only go to hell. Well, then our goose is cooked. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're hooped. We, we don't have a chance. That's why God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. That means to die and go to hell but have everlasting life. Heaven is a gift. It's not something we earn or deserve or pay for or work for. It's a gift. You receive a gift or you reject a gift. Someone comes to you with a gift and you take out your wallet and give them money, it's no longer a gift. It's something you've purchased. Someone comes to you with a gift and you decide to mow their front lawn and paint their house for it. It's no longer a gift. It's wages or something you've worked for. Salvation is a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Only Jesus can give eternal life. That's why God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Heaven is a gift. And that's how any of us become God's children. By receiving the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. So you pray to Jesus and ask Jesus to forgive your sins and come into your heart and life. And that's how you get the gift of God. That's how it's done. Hope. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Do you have it? Do you have it today? Let's close our eyes, please, and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.